We are going to spend a lot of time uh, this evening in the book of Proverbs, looking at a number of different uh, passages of Scripture. The thought that I'm going to bring to you tonight is kind of feeding off of our Sunday school lesson that we concluded with on Sunday with regards to uh, just having uh, the impact, the choices that we make and how we, we have a choice and we, we get to decide and God gives us that privilege, but with that privilege comes the responsibility to choose right, to make wise choices and God wants to lead and direct us in our lives. And uh, I have produced and given you a, uh, a handout here. I'm not going to actually teach on this specifically tonight. This is just a, some practical instruction for you to take with you, uh, just how to make wise choices. Um, I spoke on and preached this outline in uh, 20... 2020, sometime in 2020, probably nobody was here. It was an empty auditorium. <laughs> I don't know, uh, mid-COVID there, but it is online, I'm sure, available. Uh, but this is a basic, uh, just if you're going to make a right choice, there's principles that need to guide the choices that we make. And sometimes the fact of the matter is, is there's decisions that you need to make that aren't spelled out as in thou shalt not or thou shalt. It's not given necessarily in the word of God very specifically, should you do this or should you not do this? And how should I handle this life situation? Or how should I face this problem? Or what should my attitude be as I deal with this issue? Uh, and so many times, maybe we really are just looking for some practical wisdom. And, and we have on one hand, obviously, the principles that are given to you here and seeking the Lord and following and doing the Lord Lord's will and, and finding God's will and doing that. And that kind of ties in with all of this. But tonight I want to just give you some practical instruction on making wise choices and, and making sure that we're choosing correctly. Uh, one young man went to, you know, there's wisdom in the gray-haired individual. And he went to the gray-haired guy and says, hey, I want to make wise choices. I want to make good choices. How do I do that? And he said, well, that's easy. You just need to get some, some good experience. And so he says, well, how do I get good experience? And he said, make some bad choices. <clears throat> well, we don't want to have to learn at the school of hard knocks, amen? <laughs> we don't want to have to make the bad choices to learn, oh, that's not what we want to do. We, we really want to do this. And Obviously, many of us, the, the way that the reason that's so humorous is because we do oftentimes in our life make a choice that ends up being incorrect and, and taking us down a road that we don't want to go down. And, and that's how you learn. And, and we, of course, uh, my, a couple of my kids are in here and we say, well, our goal is to try and help them not to have to go down those same roads, not to have to make those same choices. We want to make right choices every time. Uh, boy, I wish we could have the confidence that we were, you know, from here on out going to make a right choice in every decision, in every situation. I, I can't give you that kind of confidence, but we can give you some biblical principles that will guide you in every situation and help and assist you in making right choices. Um, so many of our day-to-day -day choices, so many of the things that we just make day-to-day -day that we might even call mundane choices they really can have far-reaching effects on our life. They really can impact us greatly. We think small things about some simple choices we make, but many times I don't think we even realize how far-reaching the ripple effect, the old throw a rock into a pond and watch how far those ripples carry out, 
And we don't realize how far-reaching even some of our basic day-to-day decisions are in our life and where we're going to end up because of the decisions that we have made. I'm talking about the difference between having a happy home or a miserable home. The, the end result, where you're at down the road. So many people think, well, it's just today's decision, but it impacts the family greatly. And you end up in a situation that there's so much extra stress on the family that is a result of some poor decisions way back here. And so you're dealing now with this great problem, which could have been avoided entirely with some wise decision making a year ago or two years ago or three years ago, when it, whatever that might be. Just I'm talking about the difference between having money in the bank or being broke. So many people today have very poor wisdom, very poor decision-making skills when it comes to their finances. They're, they're driven by their desire to obtain or to have instead of making wise choices. Uh, you know, just listen to, to Dave Ramsey and the, the, the people call in and it's unbelievable. You got people that are making five, $600,000 a year and they're broke. They're broke. And, you're, you know, he's like, what's wrong with you, man? And, you know, Dave Ramsey's pretty straightforward. He's like, you're an idiot. Like, there is no reason you should be in this boat. There's no, the problem is you. You've got a spending problem. You've got to, cut, got to curtail that. You've got to pull that back and get this under control. You, you should be in good shape, but you're broke. And you're just not making good choices. You know, they've got $350,000 worth of car loans. You're like, what are you doing? Why would you do that to yourself? That does not make sense, making poor choices. I'm talking about living in success or living in scars. The fact is, is you and I are not living for today. We're not living today for today. In our short-sighted society, it is natural to disregard the consequences to disregard the end row, the end result, and just think, well, we're just living for today. I'm just going to eat, drink, and be merry. Thou fool, tonight thy soul shall be required of thee. But that's the mentality, is it not? That we just said, well, I'm just living for today. Consequences, we've forgotten about those. Results and where we're going to be, that doesn't really matter. I'm just enjoying myself right now, and that's what's most important But then they end up reaping the results of the decisions they made. And then they say, well, life's not fair. I don't know why I'm here. God must hate me. They they end up in that position. Why? Because they've made so many poor choices. Unwise decision. The young man that wants to live for himself, he wants to sow his wild oats, as it were. Uh, just do what he wants to do. And then he's hoping one day to find a godly young lady that'll love him, be spiritually minded and faithful to him. The chances of that are pretty slim because you're going to draw and attract what you are. If you want to find a godly young lady, you got to be a godly young man. If you want to find a godly young man, you got to be a godly young lady. You've got to make those choices today. The fact is, as we are living today, for where we want to be tomorrow. That's what some people many times, they they find it very hard to think that far ahead, especially in regards to financial things. It's hard to get a five-year plan financially and stick to it. 
because, well, I want to go to McDonald's right now. And after all, my goal or vision of being debt-free in five years from now, that's five years from now. But I'm just going to go spend this money right now. And five years from now, they're going to be just as broke as they are today. Why? Because they didn't change their behavior. They didn't change their decision-making process. God gives you and I the choice to do right or to do wrong, to make wise choices. But you know what? He doesn't usually give us the choice for the consequences that are, are the result of what we've done. I say he doesn't usually because we have an example in the Word of God where God gave David a choice. You remember that? Where he came, David said, God, I've sinned against thee. And, and David told, or God told the prophet Gad, he says, hey, go ask David, which of these three things do you want me to do to you? You want me to have your enemies attack you and have free reign of your nation for three days? You want me to, uh, you want to be put under the judgment of God and uh, have pestilence and all these things in the land for three days? And what was the other one? You guys, anybody remember? I'm putting you on the spot here. There was one other. A plague to strike the people. Ultimately, I don't remember exactly the last one, but God gave him a choice. I just remember the story there. I know it's in Chronicles, but uh, he says, uh, David, of course, you know, he says, man, I don't want to be under the, the hand of my enemy. I'd much rather be under the hand of a merciful God. Amen. And he says, you know, whatever God's going to do is going to be just. It's going to be fair. And I'm going to trust him. And he says, God, I, I, I'm going to put myself at your mercy. And he had the choice of what to receive as far as punishment or as far as result. But that a lot of times is not for, we don't get that option. Basically, we're going to end up reaping the results of whatever decision we make. And it is what it is. We don't get the choice to change it. Oh, Lot, he chose some well-watered plains on a warm, sunny day. You know, Lot thought, well, what's the, it's not a big deal. It's just some, some nice grass. It's just fair, fair weather. It just looks like a, the potential there is great. And after all, I'm just going to move my family that direction because the opportunities look good. But you see, the decision he made then, he didn't realize that not too many years later it was going to cost him his daughters. Ultimately, it was going to cost him all that he valued and possessed. The whole reason for going there, the increase of his wealth, that was all going to be gone. And then it would cost him his wife because she was going to become attached to that old wicked city. And as they were fleeing, she would turn back and look back longingly for that wicked place. And it would cost him his wife. Lot could have never foreseen that. He didn't realize how important that decision was. We've got to be careful when we make a move for our family. When we make a move to take our family somewhere or, or go do something because the, the, the far-reaching effects... Uh, they're great. You know, I came here to Hunt Valley Baptist Church. I was talking to Gene Sharp this week. Uh, he's in the Philippines right now uh, doing some radio station updates, and they're having some conferences and stuff. He's going to be in the Philippines for a month. Uh, but we were talking on Tuesday morning, and I said, you know, in December of 2006, I came here and I bought a house, and I bought it on a two-year adjustable mortgage because I was planning to flip it, sell it in one year, and I was moving away. I was only going to be here one year. That's all I was planning to do is be here one year. Well, I still own the house. <laughs> and I'm still here. And by God's grace and, you know, 
providing he'll allow me, I'll, I'll be here 20 years from now. But I didn't, I didn't know that the decision that I was making to, I was looking, I was telling Jean that I needed a place for my wife to, you know, she'd been living out of U-Haul for six months. We've been traveling, and she's trying to homeschool the kids, and she's got a two-week-old baby, and we're on the road, and she's living out of a U-Haul. I said, i got to find a place just to get her to, so she can call something home for a little while, and then we'll figure out what God wants. And little did I know God was leading and directing me and bringing me here, and this is where I was supposed to be. But I was saying, you don't know how far-reaching the decisions that you make are going to be. How many of you have ever turned down a road and then after you were down that road a little ways, you figured out that was the wrong road. <laughs> you ended up in some neighborhood that you're like, better not stop at the stop sign. <laughs> you know, who knows what's going to happen if, we're, if we stop at a stop sign in this neighborhood or whatever. You know, what I'm saying is sometimes in life, it's that way you turn down that road. The decision to be where that road ends up was made way back here where you turned on it. We didn't think about that. We were just turning down a road. But the decision to be where that road ends was made when I decided to turn on it. And that's what I'm saying in our life. When we make choices, they put us on a path to end up where that choice leads. I want to give you just a few principles tonight. We're not going to take time to teach through a reference. This is just for you to take with you uh, to have the biblical principles there. But I want you to know as far as practically making choices in your life, the first thing is you need to completely trust God. Completely trust God. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. I know many of you off the top of your head could, could quote that. Uh, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not until thine own understanding, right? In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Trust in the Lord. This is where faith comes in. This is where obedience comes in. This is uh, putting our trust in God and what God says is right and, and just doing what you know is right to do because it's right to do. And trusting that God knows and God will work it out and it's going to be okay because he's in control. Just putting trust in him. The one person that you and I cannot trust is us. That's the fact of the matter is. Contrary to this world and the philosophy that's very prevalent and drilled into our young people today through media and social interactions and our schools uh, the idea of just trust yourself. We know that the heart is desperately wicked. And we cannot trust ourselves. If, we, if man is left to himself, he will, like the child left to himself, bring his mother to shame. And that's the fact of the matter is. We don't need to be trusting ourselves. I saw a clip, one of these little shorts that uh, some young lady was waxing very eloquent and giving good sound advice to all those that are buying into it, you know, influencing these social influencers today because all you need is a cell phone and you can be, you can have a platform. So I'm sure she had some degree in psychology or, well, I'm just kidding, she was a kid. But she said this, she said, forget about what he wants, talking about your mate, Forget about what your parents want. Forget about what all your friends want. I'm telling you the way to be happy is to do what you want. 
That is about the farthest thing from the truth. You know, people that live for themselves are the most miserable people in the world. The harder they go after personal happiness, the more miserable they are. The, the, everything that inside of God's economy and everything inside of this book is contrary or literally quite opposite of what you would think in the world's mentality. I mean, in order to uh, be lifted up, what do you have to do? According to the Bible, humble yourself. In order to, not that you do it for the purpose of it, but God says, give and it shall be given unto you. If everything in the word of God is the opposite of the world's mentality or Satan's philosophy and the idea of living for yourself and just trying to make yourself happy and that after all, nobody else matters but you, which is a prevalent mindset today, is false. It's against the God of the Bible and the principles of the Bible. We need to live for God Esteeming others better than ourselves. One person that we can trust completely is God. You know, his only motivation. You know, sometimes you wonder about people's motivation. I had uh, somebody contacted me this last week through Facebook. He was a church member at uh, my dad's church in New York. And he says, hey, brother, how are you doing? Uh, I just don't know. Have you heard about this program? And I said, no, I never heard of it. And it was something for retired folks. And he says, hey, this is for retired folks. You can get up to $250,000. They'll deliver it to you for free. And I said, well, brother, I'm not retired. I'm not sure how that could work for me. And he says, no, I saw your name on the list. All you need to do is contact these people and go through the steps and, and contact me and I'll let you know how to do it. And just like a friend walked me through it, I'll walk you through it and you can get up to $250,000. I said, well, hey, when you get your money, you let me know about it and we'll see how it goes. So he sends me a picture of him with $250,000. He says, I already got my money. Now it's your turn. But he kept bugging me like nonstop. He's like, did you contact him yet? Did you contact them yet? And I said, brother, I'm not contacting them. I said, that's, that's a scam. If, if, if anything, if I've ever seen one, that's a scam. And I think somebody probably hacked this person's uh, website or his name or whatever, however they do that. And they're, they're contacting me because they knew that I would know that person or whatever. I don't know how they do that, but whatever it is, I, I mean... I wasn't born yesterday, man. I've uh, seen a little bit. And, and he says, trust me, I would never mention this to you, and I would never involve you in any illegal or scam activity. <laughs> I said, amen. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and they get a lot of people. They get a lot of people. Why? Because their motivation is wrong. But you know, he contacted me, and I'm like, what, what is, I told Mary, I says, what is his motivation? What does he care? Like, he was bugging me about contacting, like, did you do it yet? Like, 10 minutes later, did you do it yet? I'm like, what do you care if I did it or not? What's your motivation? That's what made me say this is not the actual person. Yeah, because there is some motivation there. Here's what I'm saying. The only motivation God has is his love for you. That's it. 
his love for you. You can trust him 100% completely to guide and direct you in the correct way. Do what you know is right to do, what you know God wants you to do, and things that you're not sure about will fall into place. When you just do what you know, what you know you're supposed to do. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Saying, do what you know, the works that you're doing, the, the steps you're taking, that you already, just do what you know you're supposed to do, what you know God wants you to do, do that. And if you're right here and you're doing what God wants you to do right here, you'll take the next step and you'll be what God wants you to do. There might be something you're not 100% sure about, but if you're doing everything else you know is right to do, you can be assured that the steps of a good man are what? Ordered by the Lord. I know many times when somebody's making a foolish choice because what they're doing is not right. It's just not right. It doesn't matter how you dress it up or how you slice it. Two plus two doesn't make six. And somebody that's not doing right is not going to be making wise choices. There's biblical principles that contradict the direction that they're headed. It's exciting for me as a pastor when I see the children of God and, you know, as the family of God grows and you guys, as, as the church family, I, I get to see you make choices based off a of biblical principle, based off of what is right, instead of what feels good, instead of what you would want to do, but making that choice or, or making that decision based off a of biblical principle as, as you grow in the Lord, it's just so exciting to see as God's people take those steps and follow God's direction instead of their own desire. That's so much better than standing on a piece of paper to see how you feel about it. I don't know if you guys remember, but years ago I gave you an illustration of this long article that I found about how to make choices in, the, in, in today's world. And they described that you take a piece of paper and you write down on here, like let's say it was buy the house. And so you put buy the house. And what's the other choice? So you write don't buy the house and put that. And you put them on the ground and then you step on that piece of paper and see how you feel. Yeah, and then step off and step on the other choice and see how you feel. And then you'll know what to do. That's the world's way of making the choice. But we can be guided by God if we trust God completely. And then secondly, just practically here, collect all the information. Proverbs 13.6 says, Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. That guy that contacted me that wanted me to, you know, get all of this money, you know, I just kept asking him. I mean, initially, I thought it was a guy from my dad's church until, until he started pushing and started, you know, I started digging a little bit. And I'm like, OK, this is not this is not him. This cannot be be correct. Just dig a little bit for a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more wisdom to determine what should be done. Get all the facts. A prudent man deal with knowledge. God said, watch and pray. There's an aspect there of personal responsibility. Yes, we want to pray and follow leading the Lord, but there's, a, there's an aspect of where you need to get all the wisdom that you can, get all the knowledge, get understanding of the situation. 
some familiar verses in Luke chapter 14, verse number 28. He says, For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first to count the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it? And in verse 31, he says, Oh, what king going to war against another king sitteth not down first to consult whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000? He's saying, Get the information. Find out how many uh, good old boys they got over there on the other side of that hill before you march over there by yourself. Find out what the, what the status is. Find out what you're going to be facing when you get there. Learn a little bit about the situation. We've been uh, looking into getting this van for the church, and uh, it's craziness. And we're going to talk about it some on Sunday night, but the, the ability that, you know, all the junk going on in the world, every, everything's held up. It's all halfway from China or stuck or something, who knows what. But prices are out the roof and availability is nil and all of that. But, you know, I said, told uh, Brother Glover and Brother Matt have been digging into it. And I said, you guys, we need to get the facts. We need, we need hard numbers. Okay, here's what we can do. This is what we can't do. This is what's possible with this many miles. This is what's possible with this many miles. This is what, this is what we're looking at. And we've got to have the facts before we can make an informed or wise decision. And so they said, okay, we'll get the facts. So they've been digging into it for us. Any decision you make, you need the, you need the facts. You need the information. You need to get working knowledge and understanding of what's going on. God has given us the tools, and he's given us the wherewithal, Sometimes, because we want what we want, we don't really want to ask the hard questions. We don't really want to know. I mean, I know somebody that bought a car one time and just chose not to get all the facts. And can I tell you, he was in a mess. Ended up paying about three times what the car was worth when he bought it because of the situation he got into three times you say man how much better off would his family been if he would have had the facts up front but you see he wanted the car he wasn't worried about the facts he said I'm going to go get the car I'm just going to get the car because that's what I want and it hurt him some of those things we've all done that were unwise. And we've all made those, some choices like that where we looked back and said, boy, that was stupid. That cost me. That hurt. And we've all been there in different situations because we didn't get the facts. I wonder how many foolish decisions could be avoided if we would just get all the info. Proverbs 6, 6 through 8 says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, and consider her ways, and be wise. Which having no guide or overseer or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and goeth... Uh, and gathereth her food in the harvest. So she takes the time, goes and gets what she needs and prepares for what's coming down the road, looking ahead, making full commitment to decisions that are made, ready to work through it. In this world's philosophy today of, of no responsibility and living for, for today and not living for tomorrow and don't worry about the future, um, in a book I was recently reading on uh, the coming or the gathering storm is the title of it. Uh, and he goes, he goes back to a lot of the social problems that we have today began in the 60s and the 70s. And the decisions that were made in the 60s and 70s and talked about the, the free love and the open relationships 
And a lot of what we're seeing today is the end road of the decisions that were made back then that people thought, well, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. They didn't realize then where it was going to end up. But they, he described the idea that, um, that that free love, the whole not taking responsibility for things. You know, the ability of people just to declare bankruptcy and get out from under their, their commitments. They said they were going to meet, to get a whole bunch of money, borrow money from all you guys and start this business and then just say, oh, you know what? Sorry, didn't work out. I'm not going to pay you. And it's okay because the judge said, yeah, you're, you're, you're free from all that debt and all you have to eat it. That kind of mentality. Um, the mentality that, you know, no fault divorce. You just decide, hey, it's not working out. We're going we're gonna to get divorced. So people can just, you know, get together and it's all fine. And, and if it doesn't work out, we'll just get divorced and try it again with somebody else. Those decisions, that mentality causes people not to think about the end road, about where it's going to end up, about the end result, and not to plan ahead, not thinking through from the beginning. Many people today make unwise choices because they haven't thought far enough ahead to the end result. One of the big problems in financial decisions is people presume upon an uncertain future, whether that be buying a house or buying a car or buying a boat or whatever, if there's a large financial investment that they're going to make, and in their mind they think, well, I mean, I've seen people plan to buy a vehicle based on a raise they're supposed to get in January, but they want the car now, and they're going to buy it now and believe that once January comes, they're going to get this raise, and when that raise comes, then it won't be quite so tight. They'll be able to afford it then. They're presuming upon an uncertain future. Not only is there a possibility that they don't get the raise, there's a possibility they'll lose their job. And then what? You just haven't thought through and prepared to make a wise choice because you haven't said, okay, what am I going to do when I'm $30,000 upside down in this car? And if you don't know what that is, then you shouldn't be buying a car. You need some more wisdom. You need some more information before you go buy a car. If you don't know what it is to be upside down. You say, well, you're supposed to keep all four wheels on the ground. <laughs> Amen. But I'm talking about the loan, the financial side of it. Um, many people buy a car and immediately they're upside down. They can't get as much out of the car as they owe on it. That's basic financial wisdom. You should be able to sell your car at any time for more than you owe. And if you can't, you made a foolish financial choice. Because now what happens when you lose your job? You can't sell your car, you're stuck because you owe more on it than it's worth. But if you lost your job and you, you, could, you could make 5000 on the sale of the car and then go buy a junker and just drive that for, for six or eight months till you get another vehicle, get another car, you, there's a way out then. But you didn't leave yourself any way out because you didn't get all the facts, because you didn't consider the end from the beginning. We need to plan ahead. Making wise choices.
Thirdly, we need to consider godly counsel. You guys know this one, Proverbs 12, 15, not anything you haven't heard before, but the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. And we know that there's safety in a multitude of counselors. Getting wise counsel. You don't have to know everything. Just go talk to somebody who does. And I don't mean everything. I'm saying about that particular field. You want to buy a tractor? Be good to talk to Brother Taylor. He's got a lot of experience with that. You know, he's got... You want to buy something with a small engine on it? Talk to Jason. You got a lot of experience with what good engines are and which ones are junk, and you want to avoid that when you're going to be replacing it soon. You don't have to know everything. Just know some people that can help you out, that can give you some wisdom. What, how, what should I do here? And by the way, if you're going to seek counsel, then listen to counsel. Follow the, the advice that they're giving you. There's safety in a multitude of counsels. They want to help you. Let me say it's, it's wise counsel that we need. Be careful about going to the world's people. You know, what is the beginning of wisdom? Fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So you don't want to go to somebody that has no fear of God to try and get wisdom. You, you want to find somebody that loves and knows God and wants to follow him and seek, get wise counsel from them. Can I tell you the bank will give you a loan? It doesn't mean you should get a loan. Just because the bank says you can afford it doesn't mean you should. They'll sell you a car. Doesn't mean you should. They'll get you in, into it. And you may end up ruining the day that you did. By the way, if you're going to seek counsel... Give them all the information. You see, what happens, a young man wants to pursue a particular girl, and he'll come and talk to his parents, and he'll say, yeah, she's in church, and she's doing good, and, but what they left out is that she's in church as of last Sunday because uh, he said, I can't be with you unless you're in church. And so she just started going to church. So he's, you know, he wants this, so he's not going to give all the information. He's not going to give all the details. You know, if you want to get some financial advice about a decision you're making, and you accidentally leave the fact out that you have $25,000 worth of credit card debt, the person that's giving you counsel can't give you good counsel. They're looking at your debt-to-income ratio, and you leave out something like that? What I'm saying is, if you're going to see counsel, you need to be ready to give all the information. Say, here's where I'm at. I know I shouldn't have this debt, and I'm embarrassed to show it to you. I just need to know what to do, and can I do this, and how to do that, whatever. You've got to give all the information so that you can get wise counsel. Um, this verse, Proverbs 12, verse 15, says, The way of the fool is right in his own eyes. I mean, just think about that. How many of you are with me and say, usually I'm right? Not, not me, but I'm saying individually. Like, aren't we most of the time we say, well, I'm right. Obviously I'm right. You know? And I mean, you're like the guy who said, well, I thought I was wrong once, but I was mistaken. You know, I mean, that's how we just don't want to admit that we're wrong or that we've made a mistake or that we looked at it incorrectly. What does the Bible say that kind of person is? The way of the fool is right in his own eyes. 
We've got to be careful. We talked about this already. We can't trust our own heart. We always think that we're doing the right thing. But maybe we need to trust and follow God. Maybe we need to seek some counsel. Maybe we need to get all of the, all of the information and put it all on the table before we determine if we're doing the right thing. Let me ask you, when was the last time, don't answer me, but when was the last time you were wrong about something? If it's been a long time, then there's probably, you probably need to reevaluate. Because here he says, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes. If you're like, well, I'm wrong rarely. Well, read that verse again, <laughs> okay? Um, I'm just saying, we sometimes maybe think too highly of our own opinion, and maybe we need to get the facts and get some wisdom, get some counsel. Everyone here is given, because we're human nature, we're given to making unwise decisions. And so we need to have these things in place to help us make wise decisions. We're all going to make mistakes. We need to be able to say, I'm sorry. We need to be able to say, I was wrong. Proverbs 15, 22 says, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Your purpose, the goal that you had, can be, you will end up disappointed if you thought, well, I know what to do. I don't need to, ask, I don't need to talk to anybody. I'm just going to ask. I'm just going to do what I want to do. But here he says that goal that you have, the ambition, the desire you have to achieve something, whatever that might be, is going to be disappointed. It's there and you could achieve it if you would seek some wisdom and counsel on how to get there to avoid the pitfalls, to miss that from happening. You can have big dreams. There's nothing wrong with that. You can pursue and go after them. There's nothing wrong with that. But seek some wisdom. Get some guidance. Talk it through. As I bring this to a conclusion, just remember that God will never lead you contrary to his word. God's never going to lead you to do something contrary to the book. God will never lead you in the wrong way or to do something that's going to hurt you. It'll always be to help you. We need to yield to him. How to make wise choices? Listen, get some godly counsel. Collect all the information. Get all the facts. Completely trust in God. This is what we need.